Hey, welcome to Mind Your Hives Beekeeping. Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. I am your host, Greg Lehman. I am here with my beautiful wife, Kara Jo. Hello, hello. We are rocking into episode number five, I think. What are we going to talk about today? All kinds it's been of a, stuff. It's been a minute, man. It's been, been like busy. three weeks, maybe a little bit more, but we've been, I mean, this is the busy season for beekeeping. Yep. It's been bonkers. <laughs> I keep telling people, I'm like, you know, the world's getting back into a little bit of itself and we're, you know, starting to see our vaccinated friends and, you know, socialize more than we certainly did a year ago, certainly more than we did like a few months ago. But I keep telling people, I'm like 120% of my spare time right now is beekeeping. Like it's just taking up a lot of like the nooks and crannies in our lives. Yeah. There's um, always something to do. But it's been awesome. Like every day. I mean, this spring has been super rad as far as the weather. I mean, it's been a little cooler, but I think it's like allowing for some plants to extend the nectar push. I mean, the flow is strong still. I have never seen hives build the way that the our hives have been building. Yeah, they're building wax so like it's so great. Yeah, it's been really really impressive. Um but I mean, this time of year, it's like for me, day to day with the bees, it's all about the queens. I mean, we are making sure hives are queen right. We've gone, we're kind of like in that post split time period right now. We split in the earlier spring, maybe like mid spring, we split some hives. And those queens have emerged, they've been mated. We've had like really good success this year with our. Our queens that have are the virgins that have gone and gotten mated and come back. Yeah, um, we had a little we had a little hiccup with the very first splits we made because we hit like a really cold stretch in uh, mid April. That was like pretty gnarly. Um, and beyond that, I feel like we've almost had a hundred hundred percent success rate with getting queens mated. Yeah, they're doing good. And that's been really a, a thing. I mean, I I, can't, I say it all the times, but queens rule everything around me. It's like cream. Right now, it's awesome. I love it. I love the mating nukes that we're rocking. We've been able to put some swarm cells in many mating nukes, and we've gotten those queens successfully mated. Mating nukes are such a game changer. Are we going to talk about that later? Yeah. Not today, let's, but, yeah, or we'll maybe talk. even tonight. Who knows? Maybe we will. We'll see where we uh, get. But we're going to talk about queens. We're going to talk about just like everything with queens. We'll kind of dive into a little bit about workers uh, versus drones. Versus queens. Versus queens. Um <laughs> Dude, can we talk about... All right, so speaking of queens, it's kind of a good segue. Yeah, drama. The bee world is drama. Social media is drama. The New York Post is drama. The, is that's, that New York Post involved yeah. in this? Yeah, that's what the that's what sparked all of the... All right, okay. I don't even know these women's... Like Texas Bee Girl or something like that is the one, right? Texas... Shoot, we probably should have looked that up. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Texas Bee Works. And then there's like the... I don't know what the equivalent term is, but... uh, Influencers. Influencers. So guess what, everybody? Uh, What you see online is not always real. And there's there's egos behind things. So let's talk about it. So everybody probably... I mean, you and I both get... Everybody sends us the picture of Texas Bee Works woman. She's... Lives in Texas. She has long blonde or, hair. Or so she we think. She has long blonde hair and Ugh. she always is she's always like posing with the bees with no gear and her hair down 
And so people and she will... talks very, she's like, I just happened to come upon. And I remember going like, Kara, this is ridiculous. This woman's hive tools are spotless. She is not like nothing on her jacket. Well, it's been a while. It's been over the like, spring, like years I've seen was her. It, was it and last year maybe? people have been maybe? sending it to us. And every time someone's like, oh my God, look at this. And we're like, and that's de- just staged. It's and staged. De- depending on who sends it to me, I respond in a few different ways, but it's never positive. I'm always just like, I hate her. She's super annoying. <laughs> like she's a phony. It's so obvious that she's not a beekeeper. And it's funny. I don't follow her. I just, I couldn't see that in my daily feed. It would drive me absolutely bonkers. But uh, I, as people send it, send me those posts like every week, pretty much. I've seen her get like what I think is a little bit better. I remember in the beginning, just seeing her pick up bees with her hands. It was like, you've never touched a frame of bees in your life. Well, I don't know if she's not a beekeeper, but all of the things that she's doing is staged. That's what I can say for a fact. So she's doing these things. She's catching swarms. She's with no veil on and no gloves and no jacket and just like a skimpy shirt with her makeup done and her hair all perfect. So it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and she talks about how swarms are gentle, whatever they are. They I mean, can, they can be, well, they are most of the time, but I mean, not a hundred percent of the time. So especially then, not in Texas, dude. So then this one other woman who's a beekeeper, she's not even a beekeeper. She's a swarm removal person. I think, I think maybe she's a beekeeper like on her own. No, I've been looking at, I've been, I went into this thing. I don't yeah, think she's a swarm. I haven't beekeeper. dove into it at all. Um, I just hate everybody. So she went on TikTok and she talked about how she didn't like this Texas Bee Works woman because she's spreading ideas that are detrimental to beekeeping and that you can just go up to a swarm of bees or bees and they're super gentle and it's unrealistic. And in her little rant, she talks about how you guys are going to get mad at me because I'm a woman. She's a woman. You're going to tell me that like I should support women. She was like, and she seemed kind of bitter. Like, Oh, there's ego involved on her end. No doubt about it. I don't think that this is like a one way no. deal although she's speaking truth like whoa when right it comes but to like what i think where is it coming from and dude i you know we get a bunch of questions from beekeepers and i swear i've like watched beekeepers change their perception of beekeeping because they see these stupid tiktok videos and they like think it's like this easy thing because right. they see these videos of it's like it's on the internet people don't show you it's All content. The things that it's, go wrong. It's content. So the New York Post picks up this story. It wasn't even a story. So wait, they, the like, New York Post it. picked up on the drama. Yeah, they picked up on this woman's like TikTok, and then they like made a whole <laughs> thing about it. And then another whatever, like other women beekeepers like got involved. They like apparently misquoted people because it's the New York Post. Like, come on. So um, that is. The story. I had something else. I don't remember. What I, I mean, and then you see other people post and they're like clearly like involving themselves in this drama. And it's, I just find it so funny. Like, oh, I know what I was going to say. So you were saying like, um, beekeepers are thinking that it's easy. My, I, one, this is corny and who really cares about it, but it's interesting. And when is there ever bee drama, beekeeper drama? So we should talk about it. I don't know. It. Go to like any meeting at a beekeepers association. You see drama. Come on. We could talk about our own <laughs> <laughs> adults acting like children and 
Oh God! So clicky teenagers. But I think it the my number. It, there's a couple of things I think about this. First of all, just to build off what you had just said is beekeeping is becoming trendy and oh, and it's yeah. and it's dangerous for the environment. This is my problem with it all too. Yeah. Yes, I'm it, so happy you're saying this. It's dangerous for the environment and it's. And we talked about this at, I don't remember what episode was, episode three, about bees being- Honeybees honey aren't, are, aren't the bees that need protecting. And they're also, they're if not you the don't bees that need saving, yes. take care of them properly, they are an invasive problem. Okay, so here's my whole thing, kind of piggybacking on what you're saying, is that when I see these quote-unquote influencers, and they're like, I'm Texas Save the Bees girl, or boy, I don't care, but it's like, I'm here to save the bees, guess what? If you're here to save the bees and you're focusing on swarm catching of honeybees, you're not saving anything. They're not the bees that need saving. If you understand anything to do with pollination, anything to do with the how many thousand different types of bees there are in this country, guess what? You wouldn't be focusing on honeybees. It's all bullshit. Either these people don't understand pollinators and they don't understand bees, period, or they're doing it because they're getting clicks and they're getting attention and they're getting paid and it's all a ruse. It's fake. It's phony. It's bullshit. Yeah, there's so many fake accounts. And I follow a lot of women beekeepers and I think that like the majority of the beekeepers that I follow are like women and people of color. And so um, a lot of them are women. So I see a lot of women beekeepers. And there's a lot of fake accounts. And there's also women that get like headlines, like articles written about them. Oh my God. And they don't know. They start talking and you're like, oh man, you're not good. You shouldn't be talking right now. You don't know what you're talking about. And then, so I'm like, oh, okay. This person, like I'll follow this person. And like you said earlier, the easiest way to spot a fake account is just first of all, watching them beekeep. And you're like, what are you doing? That's not even beekeeping. Two, their suits are stark white <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. their gloves Hilarious. are completely clean oh yeah and their or their hair is done their makeup is done and well, their nails are done i don't know sometimes <laughs> i like get out leave work and i just put put a suit on and i like i'm dressed up underneath my bee suit maybe so. we should start filming those sessions to become <laughs> a international sensation and they also have like clean gear and like they have i don't it, it's i think being a beekeeper it's pretty easy to spot um and, and don't get me like when when I do anything in videos and I, first of all, if you're doing any type of bee catch, why aren't you wearing a veil? Like, come on, like no matter how how nice bees are being, I'm going to throw on the stupid hat to cover my eyes and face because it's just like an absolute thing that it, there's no reason not to do it. I get it. Don't throw a full suit on. Don't throw a jacket on. Don't need to throw gloves on. But come on, you're going to, if you're catching a swarm, if you're opening up a, a ceiling, you're going to have a friggin' veil covering your face. Also, come on. It's absolutely ridiculous that you don't. Hair down with no veil? Hair down is absurd. Like, hair, I'm, you have to wrap up your hair while you're beekeeping. Like, even. They just fly into your hair and then it's like creates a situation. It's absurd. It's a ridiculous it's situation. Ridiculous. Even sometimes just walking around near the bees or if they're like really active, they fly in my hair and it's just such a, anybody that I know that would be anywhere near bees would wrap their hair up because it is such a pain in the butt. Is the it. only thing worse than the bee drama existing that we've seen, is the only thing worse us talking about it right now? Well, I do have one more thing to say. 
I I mean, go for it. I think it's so funny. I can't stand this woman. I I keep having to bite my tongue. I don't want to say a derogatory statement about her because I don't want it to be viewed like I'm putting down on her for being a woman or something. But if she was a man, I call her a a douchebag. It has nothing to do with her being a woman at all. I just, I feel as a man, I don't want to criticize any woman in any type. Like you're a badass if you're a beekeeper. You're a badass if you're a woman beekeeper, if you're a male beekeeper. Like you're, I'm sorry. I think you're a badass. She is so not a badass. Well, it's phony. She's a phony phony. asshole. So my whole thing is, and what you're saying exactly is, um, there, there was like a lot of slack because this one woman, she was like, I know, I shouldn't say anything because she's a woman and I should support her. But I call. She probably hit like a boil over point with people sending her the stupid woman's videos. Not even that. I I call. I call bullshit on that because yes, women should support other women. But you, but women don't need to support other women when they don't. When they suck. Agree with what's going on. And not only, it's not only what they don't agree. Okay. So. You don't. Really you see it, something going on, and you feel the need to speak out about it. Just because you're a woman, speaking out against another woman doesn't mean you need to be silenced because of that. And I think that that's also a dangerous message. And it's there's just a lot of sexism. Just even if you read the article, there is. But it's just I the think, comments are like, "How dare you come after another exactly. woman?" Exactly. And of I don't that, think which, that that's healthy. I mean, I no. It's whatever absolutely ridiculous it's all ridiculous but if if a woman you should call out a problem all all assholes should be called out period if a woman sees a problem with another woman and she thinks that it's having a detrimental effect in some way she's allowed to maybe she shouldn't do it on tiktok but like where else are you gonna do it these days i mean she could have i don't know but (laughs) I, i i don't think women need to be silenced and not speak out against other women i didn't like how she was very much like this her husband does everything for her. And I don't know if there's any basis in that. Like clearly somebody's setting up every scene that this woman shoots where she's magically pulling a swarm out of a perfectly cut ceiling and doing it with her perfect makeup. Like somebody's setting it up for her. Of course. And I don't know if it's in fact her husband. And I didn't like that. The message of like a man is doing this for her that it like came off as to me. Yeah, totally. Uh, the whole thing and, is. And it, I don't think she did it on purpose, but like it did come off a little strong and on it's that like front. Female drama. It's just feeding into the whole thing. Yeah. Well, guess what? But phony baloney's just keep an eye out. And and beekeeping is not like a simple, easy, lighthearted thing. And people should not get into it. I mean, I, have easy, we said like, it before? Lightly. Like the, the such an amazing example is like. Uh, Cheese making is the hobby, not owning a cow. Like with beekeeping, it's like you're owning cattle. It's like you're owning livestock. You're owning the cow. Like it's it's so much more than a hobby. Well, it can be just a hobby. And people, uh, I don't know. It can be a hobby, but you need to be knowledgeable about it. How about a hobby is like setting up a pollinator garden and setting up like, you know, solitary bee houses and things like that. Beekeeping is so many more levels to me than a hobby. If it's a hobby, it's the most intricate hobby, period, you can have. I mean, it can be an intricate. I mean, it's wild. But it, these videos just, they downplay what beekeeping is. They make people give like a sense of, a false sense of reality to and what like, beekeeping that's cool. is. I'll do that. And then I'll be a crappy beekeeper and have it like so. Yeah. And then again, like I get questions from beekeepers that don't know what the hell they're doing. And it's like, why, how did you get into beekeeping without 
any research. Oh, wait, did you maybe watch a dumb TikTok video? And it was like, I want to be like that. Maybe. Yeah, there's I, a lot it's of, happening. I, it's totally happening. And it's, it's, um, and it's happening more than it's ever happened in my, in our like seven years. I'm yeah. seeing it like way more Me now too. than I've Even ever in seen. the last, I think maybe quarantine has something to do with it. Or these dumb TikTok jerk offs. I think that's connected. Uh, but let's talk about like the real queens. Real queen queen bees, because yeah, I'm done. Done the dumb drama. Yeah, it's hilarious it's, though. Yeah, stop <laughs> it's acting so like yeah. It's good to uh, talk about. Uh, queen bees, mother of the hive. Yeah. So when Not I ruler. said like queens rule everything around me, it's the, you know this time of year again. What this is something a lot of people ask me. No matter how many boxes, you know, a stack of boxes that is a hive. No matter how many boxes are in that stack it's one queen and it's one hive one queen equals one hive and right now it's all about making sure everybody's queen right and we're just we're going in we're finding new queens we're marking them we're trying to spread genetics of bees queen bees that we love lineage lines genetic lines lineage of these bees that we love and we're trying to like okay where can we where can we use this line you know, we have a queen cell that came from this hive because they tried to swarm, so we were able to get some swarm cells from them. Good reason to use, um, like, take good notes so that you... Take notes. B Plus app like, is what we use. Yeah, we use an app on the iPhone. It used to be free. Now it's like four bucks or oh, something. Oh, it does cost money. <laughs> yeah. I said to somebody, like, it's free, and they were like, are you sure? They sent me a screenshot. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the one. It's like five bucks now, I guess. Well worth it. Way, way, way worth it. Oh, yeah. Easily. We tried I mean, like all a different notebook kinds of is methods. It's going to cost you five bucks. So we tried all different kinds of methods. It's definitely but the yeah, best B, one we've B, come across. B plus, B plus. Um, so there's so there's the queen, and then there's worker bees, and there's drone bees. So yeah, there's so three there's, different types of bees. Exactly. In the hive. So all right, we'll go. We'll do a quick like run over. So all right, the most common bee that you're going to see in a hive. 95 percent of the bees in a hive are females, and they're known as worker bees. So. Uh, there's worker bees, there's male bees that are drone, called drones. So you have worker bees, you have drones, and then you have the queen. All right. So, Carrie, you did some like deep dives into some more like, you know, technical terms and stuff. But what, I mean, what's not a, really a deep dive. It's just kind of so females are workers. They do all of the work. <laughs> they do everything. They do. They're the nurse bees. They're the foragers. They're <laughs> everything. Yeah. So they hold every job in the hive. They def- and it, And it changes as... They go, which I'll circle back around and talk about that when we get to queens. But they defend the hive. They construct the cells and build wax. They collect. Yo, them. we saw. <laughs> that was cool. So cool. So we saw um, some worker bees, uh, a worker bee making wax. So they're shooting wax out of their abdomen. abdomen. And um, so not even a week before. Our friend Amy came over and she wanted to go in some hot. She was like, hey, I want to get some, I'll get a swarm trap. She was like, hey, I want to set up a swarm trap at my house. I said, all right, cool. Swing on by. And she told us when she could. And I said, hey, do you want to throw a suit on and go in some hives? And like without even, it was like two seconds later, she just was like, what? I can do that? Yes, I want to do it. Uh, shout out, Amy. You're the best. So she came over. We threw her in a, in a bee suit. Um, and I, I'm like, all right, hey, first we're going to check out these mating nukes. And I go, uh. I was like, yeah, this is whatever. We're hoping they're going to build some wax. I'm like, I've never actually seen a bee like making the wax. I've never seen it live. It's like a weird thing I've never seen. And it's annoying. Less than a week later, 
looking at the same little mini mating nuke that I said that this to Amy, I see this bee making wax, shooting it out, and I got a video of it. I put it on our Instagram. Yeah, mine are highs. So it's so great. It just is like it's the coolest thing. It's the cool. It's nuts that they do it. Yeah, they, like it's so crazy. So they're nurse bees. They rear young. They housekeep. So, so like, so we were talking about the jobs that these workers, so they're born and they start working and their first job, I think is like cleaning dead bees out mm -hmm. of cells and like cleaning the cell that they came out of. Um, and then I think it was from like, they do a couple other jobs, I'm sure. And then around day 12, I just named them all. So, okay. Well, day 12 <laughs> is when they start making the wax, they can make the wax. So they, their DNA changes through their life cycle. And these bees only live what, 45 days, give or take? Yeah, depending on the season. Um, so f they only live four, like six weeks. Um, but around like the two-week mark, they can make wax for a small amount of time and then they're done making wax and they you know roll into another job and they finish their lives as foragers. So they literally like work themselves to death foraging collecting nectar collecting pollen collecting water i think i looked up today i don't know if this is a correct stat but it was like bees can travel and visit up to like five thousand flowers a day if they have the availability to go to yeah. five thousand i thought it was like day. ten thousand to be honest but i know in a lifetime a single bee only makes one eighth of a teaspoon of honey it's an eighth of a teaspoon an eighth of a teaspoon i thought it was a whole teaspoon which is who cares really? That's <laughs> yeah, still right. silly. Yeah, we're 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 approaching like our thousandth pound of honey this spring. So do the math on how many bees that takes. Yeah, it's absurd. So females, fe these female worker bees, they do have ovaries. Yeah, and yeah. they used to be called like back in like the eighteen hundreds, before they discovered this, they used to be called neuters. Because, because they, they just thought they couldn't. Yeah, yeah. and then under my, microscopes, they Which is interesting, because isn't ovaries. a male dog neutered and a female dog is spayed? Yeah. It's just funny they said neutered bees. And so in the absence of... So queen bees have pher, pheromones, and in the absence of that pheromone, these were... Back know, in the 1800s says, when they called them neutered, they think they were actually male bees? I don't it's know. It's interesting. They knew about they drones, they like, though. They were like ballless male bees. All I right, don't know. Anyway, continue. Um, and then in the absence of a queen and the absence of the pheromone of a queen, workers will lay eggs, but they can only lay drone eggs, which drones going into drones, drones do nothing. Their primary, their only, um, job is to mate with the queen, which is a fabulously interesting topic, but they're larger they're stout. They have hairy butts because they don't sting. They don't have a stinger. They have a penis. I love I love grabbing a male bee and just you know just holding it or grabbing a male bee and like throwing it at somebody. It's a lot of people fun. that come beekeeping with us look at a drone. They're like, oh, there's a queen. I'm like, no, every it's a drone. time. Yeah. And I remember at, when we started, I'd be like, is that the queen? Nope, it's a drone. Is that the queen? Nope, that's a drone. So they have really big eyes because they need to be able to pick out the queens males from all different hives will congregate in the same area so say the same tree and the all different hives in an area the, all the males will come to that same tree and they just hang out until with their giant googly eyes they see a queen flying in the distance and then they all take off and go to you know mate with her and she flies as high as she can and they fly as high as they can and the ones that are able to be 
strong keeping enough. up to her and yeah. be strong enough, which is a great like test for you know, gen, uh, for whatever you call that genetics, yeah, genetics, survival of the survival fittest. of the fittest. Yeah, um, they are able to mate, <laughs> and they uh, they take hold in flight. They mount the queen. They put their penis in the queen, and then when they come, their penis explodes, and they fall backwards to their death. And the penis stays inside the queen. You should Google this. There's a, there's one video that's like the known video. It's only I did it yeah, today. Yeah, it, and it's, it's only one. And the look penis up honey is like bee. all up in her. It's huge. It's, yeah, I've <laughs> I should repost the video of. We did find we found a, a dead drone. Of a drone, and, and Greg was like squeezing it, and it, and and it was the penis. Out. And we thought it was the most interesting thing. And everyone's like, "You guys are weird." And I'm like, "This is fascinating. It's so fascinating." And you so, can see the little hook. So yeah. So the, so first first the the first to the gangbang male, his penis explodes. He falls to his death. His penis stays in the queen. The next one that flies up, there's a hook built into their penis that grabs the previous penis, pulls it out of the queen. And then whammy, they do their thing. Penis explodes. That drone falls to its death. Next one that makes it into that flight. And that queen will enjoy the company of like a 12 to 20, give or take. And I think there's been documented cases of well more, way more than that. But around like a dozen to 20 or so uh, male partners. And that is all that sperm gets stored. And that is all the sperm that will be ever go into that queen that she will then use to make fertilized eggs for you know her life her life so the video i never really thought about this i always just the queen is also so strong because when you watch the video she's flying up the drone comes he grabs a hold of her he sticks his penis inside of her and then she's the head she's carrying all the weight i mean she's a big girl and then they they like sink a little bit because it's so She's heavy, and I was like, piggyback. but she does that so many times, and it can also be over a couple of days because we found a mating queen, mated queen before, and then she went out again on a mating yeah. flight and never came back. Yeah, do you, I think or, it's usually one day, uh, might be a couple trips in the same day. Uh, Vince, but it, it can be. Class yeah. the other day said it's multiple days, um, but it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. And then, uh, so drones, drones don't have. Um, like a suitable tongue to gather any nectar because they do none of that. They have no pollen baskets because they do none of that. Yeah, they don't have like the hairs to collect pollen. They have no pouch to secrete wax. Um, and then they start getting made around April to be able to have this sex party. And Sex party. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a gangbang. I think it's a gangbang I mean, in the sky. I mean, those the same thing? As long I, as I suppose not every willing. not every sex party is a gangbang, but every gangbang is kind of a sex party. It's one of those. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, and then we'll dive into that deeper in another episode. <laughs> maybe we'll just have sex party versus gangbang the full episode. That sounds like a plan. Sweet. Note right. that down. I'm gonna write that. Um, and then in the fall, when they're not needed anymore, and everybody in the hive has got to survive not 45 days anymore, but three months yeah or more way more um what october november december january february yes like six months yeah maybe even longer yeah um the workers kick them out they 
they sting them, they gnaw on the roots of their wings yeah. so they can't fly, and then they kick them out so they can't return, and then they starve to death. It's Yeah, and the the, fe- the worker bees, the females, can sting the, the men, and their their bodies are fleshy enough where the barbed ding, the same bee can re- repeatedly sting a male bee to, without killing herself, essentially, which is interesting. It's like, they're like get out they have here. no protection. Yeah, and then they just make them over again. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. So like, um, at the most, you know, five or 10% of the bees being, um, born in a hive, emerging in a hive are going to be males. Um, but when in the beginning of the beekeeping season in April, you know, late March, early April, you can't make splits. You can't expect that you're going to get a queen mated properly unless you're seeing a lot of drones in your hive. So I remember being like, man, there's no drones being made yet. And then one day, you know, whatever it is, the bees decided, all right, cool, it, it's game time. And they started making drones. And then we knew, all right, in like two, three weeks, there's going to be drones in the sky. We're going to be able to get some bees mated. Yeah, that's a huge thing to look at in the beginning of the season. Um, so, and the, all right, so the, I was just going to talk about spermathea since we just talked about the mating. I thought that that was a... Yeah, go for it. So the, well, so the you queen... You love talking about the spermathea, so... So the queens are... Um, an egg is selected. It's only fed royal jelly. That egg becomes, will eventually become a queen bee. Uh, a different cell is made. There's, you know, some different things that go on in the cell with the cocoon and such, whatever. Um, one of the things that develops in the queen versus in one of the other female bees that turns into a worker is a spermathea. And that spermathea is the... Is it just where the sperm is stored? Yeah, it's a little sack. Yeah, it's a sack where the sperm is stored. There's actually like a stir in the sperm, in this sack that stirs the sperm, stirs the sperm. Um, it like spins. I looked this up. I don't know if there's an actual stir, but it but spins But the, the point of it stirs. is that, it, that you, the queen doesn't want to just like, all right, she, say she got mated with, with 10 males, you know, 10 drones mated with her. She doesn't want to spit out all the sperm from one and then get through that. And then, okay, guy number two, his sperm, she, she bumps out, you know, 50,000 eggs of his sperm and then the next one. So instead, it's all mixed together. So that way, when she's laying an egg, it's a mixture of different genetics. And it's just a, a, a safer, healthier, healthier hive. hive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mutts are healthier. And when you look at, and it's not, a, I don't even know if it's mutts, like it's just, there's different genetics in the hive. So if something, it's, if, if one it genetic balances it all is out. susceptible, look at it, the bees look different. Their coloring looks different. You can tell the difference. Oh, it's so cool. They, like, usually you can only see like three or four different kind of shades of bee or like markings, but it, it is interesting. There'll be three or four like stark differences in the worker bees, what they look like. I it's can like, usually yeah, there's like see like two. Three or four different, you know, types of daddies in there. Um, I think it's really interesting that, uh, we've talked about this before, but an unfertilized egg becomes a male, becomes a drone. So without the sperm, a, a queen can lay an egg that will become a male also without the sperm because they don't have the ability to collect, to get the sperm. So what Kara said earlier, there's no queen present. They can develop the ovaries that will spit out the egg that will become a male bee, will become a drone. So what? Like, that is mind-boggling to me. But what's cool about it is that so we have, you know, 10 to 15 hives at our home. 
And this is where we like make sure we have our different genetic lines and we have everything labeled and we know where, what queens are, what line, and we have notes on them. Like they overwintered better. They're more docile. They're more better at foraging. Uh, there, these, this type is better at, uh, wants to swarm. And we have, yeah, I was gonna say, we have some lines that just like, are well, we got to watch those. They're the swarmy Queens. Um, but the queen genetics, 100% of those genetics goes into the drone. So yes, when a queen, a virgin queen emerges, uh, and then, you know, she has half of the genetic coding of her mother and like half of her father right that egg is laid it emerges becomes a virgin queen she goes on a mating flight she gets banged out by like you know 12 men her children her offspring are going to have mixed genetics right so there's going to be a rando drone that provided genetics that the workers are going to have Yes. Um, But the drones aren't. The drones are only going to have the genetics of the mother queen. And they spread her genetics. And then they spread her. So, like, it's very important that I feel we have really good genetics at our home yard because this is a lot of times where we're bringing swarms in that need to get mated or we're bringing queens in that need to get mated. So it's almost like we have, like, this little mating yard that we've been just putting, pumping great genetics into for the last six, seven years. Although it's also interesting because they don't they know that the queens there's no science there's no like they haven't been able to figure it out yet but they think that the queens have to go a certain distance so she doesn't there's no incest because she doesn't want to have sex with her own drones because they're her sons yep but they haven't been able to do the test because there's no GPS system on these queens. Yeah. Although you got to think that why not? Like how somebody how should have fund that. Been able study. To do that? Oh man! So just like a little, we've talked about the structure of queens. I mean drones and workers. So queens have which is like in between their wings. Or it's like a larger spot, and they is go, that the, like the little shiny. Um, and then they have a longer abdomen because they have get filled with sperm. Yeah, and when virgin queens and mated queens. Mated queens are much larger, yep. hopefully, than virgin. Um, rounded head, they can't produce wax because they don't do any of that. Their sole purpose is to lay eggs. They don't have um, any hair for to collect pollen. Um, they don't have a barbed stinger, so they can sting repeatedly in defense and also to kill other queens, yeah, which is the, the assassination without... Um, we saw it today. We did see it. Well, we didn't see it, but they can kill other queens without dying because so, a worker bee will, they, they've barbed, um, what are they called? Stingers. And so it rips off the their abdomen when they got stung and like they their die. Gut, their guts come yeah. with it. It's a venom sack. So today, this was a situation. We, we have these hives at uh, College Settlement Camp down the road from us. It's like a cool nonprofit camp that we're managing. And um, we... Yesterday I went in and uh, there's two hives over there. The first hive I go into and I'm like, huh, I just not looking that good. Like there were some things that just were standing out to me. And then I started seeing that they were making a new queen. I didn't see fresh eggs. I didn't see any eggs at all. I saw some larva and I saw some capped brood, no eggs, which made me think, okay, there might not be a queen here at all. Um, I'm looking, we find these queen cells. They're kind of all over the place, which makes it seem like more of an emergency situation that they were trying to replace or, their queen died somehow. Um, 
and I all right, I went, all right, cool. I put the hive away. I marked where all the frames were that had these queen cells on it. We came home, sat down with Kara. I was like, all right, what do you think we do? We decided that we have a mated queen at our home apiary that we are going to merge that queen into this hive. It's a good time to do it. They clearly don't have a queen. So we go back today. We bring the mated queen with us. We're going to merge her in with this like mesh hardware cloth technique. And uh, I go in and I pull the first frame that I knew there were swarm cells or the queen cells on. And you can just see the sides of them have been chewed out. And it was like, oh, snap. A queen must have emerged between yesterday and today. And she started going around and killing all of her possible sisters. And I think we saw like she she assassinated four cells. And then uh, we were. So a virgin queen will actually pipe. So she'll make this kind of this noise, this piping, whistling noise. And it's her way of saying like any other queens out there, let's fight. Like, let's fight to the death. So we didn't hear any piping. Um, the very next frame I pulled, I was like, huh, usually they stay around the the cell, the the frames that they emerge from with like the first couple days, they're usually there. Uh, and sure enough, she was on the cell, the frame right next door and we caught her and actually put her in a mating nuke. We still replaced that queen, but it was really interesting just seeing uh that happened over one day. So we, we, we were in the hive hoping that we could hear piping. We couldn't hear any piping. And then we found the Virgin queen. Uh, and yeah, so Kara has been reading, um, a book by LL Langstroth. like the, the OG. Hive and the honeybee. Yeah. The OG kind of beekeeper that developed the Langstroth hive and bee spacing. So, um, in this, he talks about, I didn't know this. Every bee, is in the cell, but in the cell, they have a cocoon inside the cell, and then they emerge from the cocoon. And queen bees also, um, they have a larger cell, and they wrap themselves in a cocoon, but the cocoon is not, it doesn't fully surround their bodies. So it says, imperfect cocoons open behind and enveloping only the head, thorax, and first ring of the abdomen. And the reason that this is, is because what you just said, that the emerged queen can go and she can go out and sting the queens that are still in the cells. And she has a longer stinger without a barb, so she can just So she can go in there, but also so that the stinger, it's easier, but her stinger doesn't get wrapped up in the cocoon and then they can die easier, which is just nuts. Like they're building their own cocoon and they build it in an in, in quote-unquote imperfect way so that they are more vulnerable for the health and the well-being of the greater good and the hive. Um, so also, uh, he said that bees or queen bees stay in the cocoon longer so they can actually pipe and you can hear fluttering noises from inside the cocoon. They'll like stretch their wings out and, yeah. do, and exercise in that cocoon before they emerge. So when yep. you see a worker bee emerge, they're fuzzy. They're like really vulnerable. Their eyes are not totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't, they can't see that well. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it takes them a little bit of time. But a queen, when she comes out, she's like ready to go. She's ready to defend herself. She's ready to fight because she spends, even though the time in the cell is less. 
she spends some time like getting ready to like emerge and be good. Um, so, so that leads to like one of my, like not one of my by far biggest thing that I try to teach any of my, any mentee is you have to understand the timeline of bees. If you can understand the timeline of bees, you're going to be able to react. It's almost like you have one leg up on them because they're not always going to act the way you want them to. You're going to go into a hive and be like, oh, this hive should be super happy. And then, oh my God, there's swarm cells. But guess what? If you understand that a queen emerges after being, you know, from egg to emerge, it's 16 days. A worker, it's 20, 21 days. A, a drone, it's 23 or 24 days. If you can understand those timelines and then, you know, day eight or nine, they're capping the cell. So you see a cell, it's just barely not capped. Act accordingly. You know, you have to do things specific to understanding the timelines. Um, but it's also kind of crazy because the soonest you're ever going to have, the quickest you will ever go from being queen right to not having a queen and a new queen having to be made, having to emerge, having to get mated, having to come back, settle in is about a month. The very fastest it can happen is tw I think 28 days start to finish before you're going to have a new egg laid and that egg is going to take 21 days to become a worker bee. Yeah, it's a big setback. So the <laughs> quickest you so when we went into this hive at CSC, when we went in there and saw that there was no queen and they were making new queens, it was like this is a new hive that was a swarm that we, you know, somebody caught in the springtime that we're trying to build into a colony that can overwinter itself. It I don't have 50 days to hope that this goes well so they can start building a population again. We got to act sooner than that. So that's why we put in a mated queen that luckily we had. And that's because why then that's like, that's like a week, a week of, of setback. You know, that's like, that's not that big a deal. If anything, maybe that can help. It's like a little bit of a brood break allows the bees to get, you know, clean their stuff and, and be better overall. But like, think about that. You have a queen die on you for whatever reason. It is two months almost before you're having another bee emerge. And we, we it's crazy. have mentioned these mating nukes, and maybe sometime we'll talk about it more in depth, but it's just a little tiny weave styrofoam, little baby mini beehives. Yeah, there's three frames that are like smaller than my hand. Yeah, and we raise queens. Sometimes we put cells in them, like swarm cells. Sometimes we get cells from our beekeepers association, and they allow you to, uh, and some bees and some sugar water, and they allow you to be able to track this queen and also mate queens that are aside from like having a whole entire hive. And then they give you, I mean, mating nukes have come in handy and saved us, oh especially gosh. last season, big time. All right. We need to talk about my favorite thing. Is it Vitagellin? Yeah, it is. So <laughs> Megan, Megan Milbrath is... Shout out Megan Milbrath. She's an awesome scientist from... Michigan State University. Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. University. Yeah, bee scientists are the coolest. So she... <laughs> this was a couple thought, years ago. I thought bee wax was the coolest. 
No, bee wax is the coolest thing bees do. Bee scientists are the coolest, period. Period, got it. They're the coolest humans. So vitagelin um, is a protein that is present in all layers of the eggs. Okay, so a bee lays an egg and the protein is in the egg already. Okay. Okay. Um, it's high in antioxidants and it's connected to the vitality of cells. So the more vitagelin an egg has the more, like, the longer the lifespan it's going to have. Okay. Okay. It's like chi? Yeah, but, like, can be measured. Interesting. Um, so queens have the highest levels of vitagelin, and that's also connected to their ability to live way longer than any other Yeah, so a, a worker bee lives, like, 45 days. A queen can live, you know, four or five years. If they let her. Crazy. Yeah. So nurse bees also have a high level of vitagelin because they are, nurse bees is the first job that they, or one of the first jobs. It, this is, according to her, I think it was the first job. Well, I mean, they, it depends what you consider a nurse bee. Right. Like, what are the jobs of a nurse yeah, bee? exactly. So, okay. So they. Because like nurses do a lot. They do They do like a clean lot. some shit and they like Literally. save lives. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so the nurse bees have a high level of vitagelin and they use the vitagelin protein to make royal jelly in their gland system that they have. Um, so as, hold on, let me turn the page of my notes that I took. Um, and then they obviously, they feed the royal jelly to the workers and then the queen bee gets only royal jelly. Um, and so the vitagelin affects the behavioral patterns of the worker bees. So earlier we talked about the different jobs that worker bees go through. Which also is their DNA changes in each of these sequences too. Just so mind-boggling. But the vitagelin is like the the trigger, I guess. Yeah, it's the trigger. Yeah. So as or cause whatever. So as so it connects it to the different stages of the life. So as worker bees move from nurse all the way through to forager, the vitagelin 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 protein drops. So with each drop, something signals to them, and then they go change their job. It's crazy. I when she, I remember learning this. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Nerd. It is really, but it's like I like. It's learning. like a time. It's like they're measured. It's a measure. It's like if we could take a reading of our blood, and they're like. All right, you've got three years, six days, and four, fourteen <laughs> I don't hours want that left. To happen. I don't like, want but, that. But really, like it's that. It's basically that where they're like, "This is how much vitagelin is present." Yeah, you don't have much time left, babe. Well, and you know or what like, else? Why are they changing jobs? So I think I I got one more thing, and it's about finding the queen, and you are oh, the master. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna queen. say this: queens in bees and honeybees get blamed for a lot. A lot of beekeepers tend to use the queen as like they're out. And it's just like, oh, I must have a bad queen. Oh, my bees didn't survive this year. They, oh, it must have been bad genetics. I think it's an overused. I think bee genetics are very important. And like we're, we're very serious about the bee, you know, having good genetics and, and tracking the genetics. But I think people need to oftentimes take a little bit of a step back and go, okay, do you have mite pressure? Are there varroa mites causing pressure? Do you have proper stores? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, 
we had these angry bees and we're like, oh, that queen must, you know, she must be spitting out this angry youth. It was not. They just didn't have much nectar and yeah. they were like pissed off. I was like, kill the queen. I was like, um, they might be starving. And, and then we like, went back in. We're like, ooh, they don't oh, have much stores. Starving. Holy shit. It was a good lesson. Yeah, it really was. Like, if they're angry, the first step is not the queen. It's what is the situation but, in the hive. But, you know, you go on these Facebook groups or probably TikTok and you just see people go like, Oh, you requeen, you got bad genetics. And it's like, mm, if you knew a little bit more, it wouldn't be the case. And it might be, but, but it there's might be, certain yes. things that you have to look at first, but you're not understanding necessarily what's going on. And, and I think, and what Kara's about to talk about is that I, queens rule everything around me, cream. It's just, I need to find a queen. I, I'm, I need to make a split. I need to get that queen or I need to do whatever. And it's like, all right, here we go. I'm, we're going to do this. And it's so meditative. And we haven't talked about this enough. Meanwhile, I'm like, uh, I also am like, whatever, Greg will find it. I don't even need to look that hard. And then I'm like, wait, you can't the, do that. The, you need to look for it. It's called, <laughs> it's called my, we're called mind your hives beekeeping. Yes. Like there's a hive mind that I just love the bees have, but there's also this mindfulness in beekeeping for us. And I find beekeeping to be a very mindful practice and so let's talk about what mindfulness is. Cause even though okay, it's like cool. a hot, yeah, this is hot word, um, Let's just have a clear definition. And I just always steal my definition from John Kabat-Zinn, who's like the grandfather of Western mindfulness and scientific mindfulness is just paying attention to the present moment on purpose with kindness and compassion. So just like on purpose, like I'm going to pay attention now, like, oh, I'm not paying attention. I'm going to pay attention now. Just continuously noticing where the mind is and keeping track of it and on purpose. Um, and then... And, and you do that through being curious, which is such, um, like not taking it for granted, kind of like when I said, oh, Greg will just find it. And when I have that mentality, I'm not being curious what's on the frame and I'm not, I can't find the queen. And so it's what's here, what's really here, not what I think is here, but what's actually here. And then the compassion part is really important, especially in beekeeping, because it's, there's, there's fear in beekeeping. Um, and it's a continued softening of and relaxing and realizing, oh, I'm getting stressed. Maybe I'm fearful. And then that kind of um, takes you out of the moment of what you're doing when you're beekeeping and continually just taking deep breaths, softening. Um, I even find it when I'm looking for a queen and I am like, oh, I'm frustrated. I can't find this queen. I'm I, like, I can't find her. But if I'm just breathing through my nose and I'm just looking at this frame and I'm like focusing my eyes in and out and just kind of like looking for patterns, but just being present without judging judgy brain, I can do it. Well, and that's also it. Like there might be frustration, there might be fear, but the angry bees give us clues. If we're clued into and, and we're present in the hive and we're even observing even before we go in the hive, what's going on? What are they bringing in? Communicating. Oh, yeah. If you're in a beehive too long and they start ramming you, I mean, it's not like I'm going to sting you right now, but it's like, okay, we're done. Hey, warning shot. We're done. Like, you need to get out of here. I'm smelling bananas. Like, they are communicating. And if we're present, we can understand their communication um, and you know when to close up. And, and knowing, like you said, the timelines, being aware of the timelines and the weather and what's going on. And not going into a hive with a preconceived notion of I'm going to see a good laying pattern and I'm going to see. 
it's seeing what you're seeing. I think there's a lot of times that you want to, you go into a beehive and it's almost like you're just trying to check a box that says, I saw eggs. Right. I saw cat brood. I saw larva. When it's maybe a little bit more of looking at that larva, looking at that pattern, looking at that frame as a whole. What's the health of the hive? Which to me is a more mindful practice uh, rather than this like, I just have to check a box and move on. Which as a beginner is very much what I did. It was, do I see eggs? Yes, great. Did I see a queen? Yes, no, great. It wasn't deeper than that. Uh, And it, you know, it just comes with experience too. But I think you can make a push to be more mindful in your beekeeping. No doubt about it. And also, you know, when the bees are angry, they can be rammy. And I kind of said this before, but like, just because they're all over you and they're being ramy doesn't mean they're stinging you. It's like an assumption that people make just because a bee landed on me. If she didn't sting me right away, unless something happens, she's probably not going to sting me. And it's being present with the bees, not just like at the bees. And a big thing that shifted for me really was wanting to go gloveless. And in wanting to go gloveless before doing that, I had to start being aware of the feeling of the bees and the awareness of the bees on my hands. Like how often are they on my hands, even with the gloves on and you know, are they stinging me and in what situations are they not stinging me? Because they will buzz, 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 buzz. If you're getting close warning buzz, and they are not stinging you, but it's kind of scary, but it's just kind of this whole, I'm a lot more mindful without gloves, without a jacket always wearing a veil because if you're not you're a weirdo <laughs> but i'm definitely more mindful without it because you can forget that there's bees on your hand if you right uh, yeah yeah yeah. and also like the buzzing people get scared of the buzzing but the buzzing doesn't mean patience but i've never i don't think i've ever had a bee buzz in defense it's just maybe trying to get away it's like, it's like yo man you're about to squish me yeah i had a uh I had a bee yesterday. It was in a hive that was the hive that was queenless that was giving me the signs that it was queenless. It was a little hot. Um, it was being a little rammy. When I opened the hive, I actually got stung five times. And I was like, oh man, I got to go put a jacket on. Put a jacket on. I came back in. They weren't bad at all, which was interesting. But um, I had a bee right on, like, I mean, an inch from my face on my veil. So it couldn't get to me. Um, but I could feel the wind coming off of its wings. It was like, it was fanning me. It was like a very direct fan and it was the most potent banana smell. Mm, it was like, get out of here. And, and, Can and you there, tell everybody about the banana? So what there were, two, there was, there was two people watching me and I, I was like, Josh, come here. Look, you see this bee right here. It's, I can feel it's fanning and all I smell is banana. So, uh, a bee's warning pheromone is, uh, it creates a compound called isoamyl acetate. Isoamyl acetate is the same compound that labs will create to create banana flavor. Um, so like a banana runt, the candy, the runt, the banana runt exactly is the like perfect that. exact. Yeah. That is isoamyl acetate. The way it tastes is the way it smells. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then crazy enough, some yeast that creates beer, certain yeast strains will create isoamyl acetate. And that's why Hefeweizens or Belgian, say like a Belgian triple, um, those types of beers will have like a banana flavor to them because of that exact same compound, which is just cool worlds colliding. So I think that really in beekeeping, I under resistance I had to the bees and maybe like a li- like not a little fear, like 
fear yeah, and, it's, and it's apprehension. A it's, a it's a blocker. Yeah. So just right now, you don't have to do anything in particular, but this is a really good, whether you're a beekeeper or not, this is a really good way to kind of when you feel resistance and you feel tension to whatever's happening, you don't want this thing to be happening or, you know, um, there's fear, there's anger, there's frustration, whatever it is. Um, just notice that you're breathing. So right now, just take a couple breaths and just feel the breath coming in and out of the nose, maybe Close the lips, feel the breath coming in and out of the nose. And then bring your attention to your belly and notice if it's guarded and allow it just to hang forward and be soft. We naturally just carry a lot of tension in our belly. And as you breathe in the next breath, allow the breath to move down into the belly, feel the belly expand. And then as you breathe out, feel the contraction and take a couple breaths in this way. Just really be unguarded, be receiving of the breath, breathing in and out. And just allow whatever's here to be here. And that is a good way I find when I find that my body is restricting whether I'm beekeeping and there's a high tense, you know, situation or somebody says something I don't like or something's happening that I don't like, that deep belly breath helps me relax in the situation and kind of open to the situation just as it is instead of fight against it. So that's a good little method. Sorry, I was sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I oftentimes will nod off in the middle of meditation or yoga, and uh, I kind of love it. I didn't actually fall asleep there, Uh, but I got into it for, I was like, all right, sweet. I'm going to mute my mic and take some breaths. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, Well, that's all we got. So, you know, some drama in the bee world. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Queens rule everything around me. Check out Mind Your Hives. Check out Mind Your Hives Instagram, on Instagram, Mind Facebook, Your Hives, Facebook. Uh, I'm gonna put up, we're going to put up some new YouTube soon on some really great videos that we've captured involving our mini mating nukes. And like just, yeah, we've been taking a lot of videos. Like yeah, that. a lot of video that I'm, we're going to compile into some cool stuff. Um, Carajo Skincare and Bee Farm. Check out Carajo Skincare. We Instagram. have harvested a bunch of spring honey so and we're selling honey. it. And we have eight ounce and 16 ounce jars on Carajo Skincare website. Bug and tick, tick repellent. Bro- there are so many ticks. It is just an unreal tick world right now, but our uh, our our bug and tick repellent works so well. I'm super pumped about that and so good for you. Yeah. So good job. Lots of good stuff. So check it out. If you listen this far, as always, you're an absolute rock star. We really appreciate We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate uh, just, you know, the questions. Um, please keep them coming. It just gives us things to talk about. And uh, we just, we love it. It's really, we love the interaction that we have with people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take deep belly breaths. Deep belly breaths. They help everything. I'm Greg. I'm Cara Joe. Thanks again for listening. Cheers, y'all. Oh, no. The music's not going to play right now. There's like an error message showing up on I'll the do thing. It.